Hey everybody, David here with a quick note before we get started with this episode. Now we actually recorded this episode back in March of 2020, but since we recorded that, some new information came out about our guest and he joined Mike and I back on this show again to give us that information. So if you are listening to this on release day, July 21st of 2020, you are hearing this on the day that this new announcement has been made. So we're going to get through the episode, then we're going to cut real quick, and then we're going to come back for this huge announcement. I hope you'll stay to the end. It's very, very cool. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to Logbook Memories, an aviation podcast about remembering and sharing our past flights. I'm David Allen, a student pilot. And I'm Michael Ladd, a private pilot. Guests on Logbook Memories look back through their pilot logbook to find a particularly interesting, adventurous, enjoyable, scary, or otherwise memorable flight. Then they come on here and share the story of that flight in their own words. Our next guest is ready to go, so let's mic them up. Our guest this week is going to go down as being the youngest guest that we've had on the show so far. Uh, he is actually 16 years old, just soloed an airplane uh, this past year, 2019, uh, and uh, soloed on his 16th birthday. But he's been involved in aviation for quite some time. Many of you may already know him. His name is Trevor Simino, and he is uh, has his own company in aviation so we'll we'll hear more about that here shortly trevor welcome to the show thanks dave it's great to be here i appreciate you having me on you know it's a uh, always awesome uh talking aviation you know yeah, we well you you talk aviation very very well actually. <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun so um you know it's fun because mike and i have been talking kind of before i hit the record button we've been talking a little bit about your home airport um, we won't get into the details of that, but where do you fly out of uh, most of the time? Sure. So uh, I uh, do all my flight training out of Orlando Executive Airport um, in Orlando, Florida. Uh, it's a great airport. It's a busy airport because we're right beneath the Orlando Class Bravo airspace. So, uh, you know, from the get-go, I got really good with radios because I had to, uh, which I actually love. You know, I'd, I'd much rather learn there. So uh, and learn in that environment. So, uh, yeah, I fly out of uh, the Orlando Executive Airport, um, but I've had some wonderful opportunities, and, and, you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I have had to explore lots of different airports in Florida. That's a that's a cool airport, and, and it's super well-situated. Like you said, it's right underneath the Bravo uh, so you kind of have to do some shenanigans to get around that. I think if you if you take off on the north south runway and towards the south, like you you've got to make a turn pretty quick to avoid. Oh, you busting. do. It's it's yeah that 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 line that that Bravo Airspace line is right there, and it's a uh, it's you know the the Delta shelf goes up to sixteen hundred feet. So you know the the maximum height I'll go, the maximum altitude I'll fly is about fourteen hundred there when I'm climbing out to to get away. I, I'm not even going to come close to that Bravo airspace. <laughs> yeah, good call, good call. Actually, uh, what funny story, fly? real quick. I just flew right through that a couple weeks ago. That's right. Right through the middle of it. Did you did did you fly over MCO? Yep. Did you fly? Did you get the transition over MCO? Yeah. Oh, nice. And that nice. Was, That's awesome. That was, that was right after we were cleared into the TFR over Disney World. Oh, very cool. I actually just did that a few weeks ago as well. Oh, uh, uh, yeah? 
it flew. It was we were on an I four flight plan, so uh, it was easy. But yeah, flew over, flew right over Disney. It's uh, it's pretty cool doing that. Well, we uh, did the. Uh, we were just we just got clearance to to go through it um, at two thousand feet or twenty five hundred and do a three sixty around it. We I opted to stay out of it to go a little bit lower. They were gonna let they let us down it to fifteen hundred feet. Oh, nice. Um, nice. And you can see you can see a little bit more instead of being literally on top of it. So it was a little bit easier to see, you know, from being three miles out. Sure. But no, it was really cool. But then they sent us right over the tower at MCO at three thousand feet. We had. Southwest Airlines taking off and landing oh, on so both cool. sides of us. <laughs> it was really that, cool. That is one thing I have not done yet. Uh, is, is is you know the transition over MCO, but uh, you know the, the approach controllers at Orlando um, at, or you know Orlando Tracon are just they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, they you know that's one of my favorite things is is radio communications and, and working with them and even mm-hmm. if you're VFR you know uh, and and they're just they're fantastic. Yeah, they were. But I'm sorry. Uh, now we we need to know what planes you've been flying. What was it for training? Yeah, so sure. he's, you've said you've been flying uh, one of my favorite airplanes. It's a 172, but it's the P model. I've actually got a couple of hours in the P models, and that is a fun. Uh, as Skyhawks go, that's a fun one. Oh sure, a- absolutely. It's a fantastic airplane. You know, there's nothing uh, better I think to learn than a Cessna 172. I'm obviously biased, but I think it's a fantastic <laughs> airplane. Um, and you know, uh, the one that I fly, I'm a little bit spoiled. I have two G5s uh, and everything else is steam, so I've got a good mixture of both. I'm not full glass uh, glass cockpit, but uh, I do get spoiled with the G5s a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's a great, great airplane. Hmm. Now you've, uh, as we mentioned before, you just recently soloed, and you were able to do that on your 16th birthday. Actually, uh, me and my now wife got to be there uh, for that event. That was that was a lot of fun. You know, you I didn't know that. Well, yeah, yeah, that's we'll right. To, we're going to get to talk about uh, a specific flight here soon uh, that you took that kind of got uh, got the ball rolling for you. But I'm curious to know, maybe you can share a moment or two about that that day when sure. you soloed on your 16th birthday and i'm kind of curious to know also what was the ramp up to that because at some point you had to decide hey you know what i'm i'm gonna do this and, mm-hmm. and for those that don't know uh 16 is the uh, youngest that you are permitted by the faa to solo uh an airplane single engine single engine airplane Yes, that's right. And so for me, when I first got into general aviation, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but when I first got started, um, one of the first things I wanted to find out was how soon can I get my license? How soon can, can I start, you know, taking people flying? And, and, you know, what are the steps I need to take to to be able to turn this fascination that I had into something that I could actually do? And so um, I learned very quickly that you have to be 16 to solo and then you have to be 17 to get your private pilot certificate. And so what I also learned, though, is that you can solo a glider at 14. So that's actually what I pursued to begin with, was I started glider flight training. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have won a scholarship to uh, get me through my glider solo, and so I did that. Awesome. And then after that, it transitioned into powered single engine, uh, and I started flying uh in, out of Orlando with a you know wonderful friend, wonderful flight instructor, um, and a great flying club, and basically from the get go, I knew that's that was my dream. That was the goal. You know, I, I had heard stories. So many people uh, 
telling me stories about how they sold it on their 16th birthday. And it's just, it's kind of like this awesome rite of passage thing uh, in aviation. If you have the opportunity to do it, it's just this incredible thing. And I, I'm, you know, eternally grateful that, that I was in a position to be able to do it. And so it definitely required a lot of work, you know, um, to get to that point and, and, and make sure I was ready to solo and everything like that. And the last couple of weeks leading up to it, I uh, did a lot of flying uh, to, you know, make sure I was really, really ready to go. Uh, but the flight itself was, to this day, the most surreal uh, experience, experience that I've had uh, in aviation, I have to say, because there's nothing like the first time. And, and it is different from a glider. It's quite different. Um, and both were incredible experiences. But but this particular flight, um, it, it was definitely that you have that realization, that moment that, you know, I'm sure everyone has it on their first solo, but wow, I'm actually flying this thing by myself. I don't have my instructor. Like I'm doing this, I'm flying. And it's, you, you, you get to that point where, Hey, this is the dream. This is what we've imagined for, you know, this is what we dream about. And, and you're there. And, and I had that feeling and it was wonderful. And, uh, you know, I did the standard, uh, three touch and goes, um, and then one full stop landing. And so, uh, I was a little bit, I, I got really, really focused, um, you know, for that first lap around the pattern. And then I, I came in, I greased the first landing. I was like, okay, I got this. I'm good now. <laughs> and I, and I relaxed a little bit and it, and the rest of it was just, it was, it was great. So it was, yeah, definitely, definitely a great experience. And that's what I really, you know, try to communicate to, to other students, especially those who are, who are younger and have the opportunity to start flight training and, and, you know, go, go apply for scholarships and, and get to a point where, Hey, you can't actually solo on your 16th birthday. There's nothing like it. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I was there. Uh, there was a big group of uh, people there. Uh, I mean, even just, you know, lots of friends from the aviation community that were there to support you. Mm, yeah. You know, people, people flew in from out of state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, cool. I, you know, we've got, I'm so, so fortunate and so grateful to have a group of just wonderful friends and people uh, and, and just a, a great team, really. Um, of so many wonderful friends who have supported me on all aspects of my aviation career, so to speak. Right. Um, from, you know, my first flight on my 10th birthday, um, to where I'm at now and, and what I'm working on now, you know, it's definitely all about the people. Avi- that's what aviation is all about. I really saw that in action my first time at Oshkosh, uh, two years ago. Um, you know, there's this saying about Oshkosh and I think it can apply to anything in general aviation. The first time you go or the first time you do something, it's, because you're interested in the airplane, but then you go back because the people are so great and you just make these awesome friendships. And it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is um, because you immediately have this incredible passion in common and that's flying airplanes. So I've known you for so long that, because, and we met first at Sun and Fun. Yes. Uh, volunteering for Sun and Fun Radio. Back I've when known I was you for way so little, long. my voice was different. <laughs> right, right. But I've, but, but I've known you for so long that I didn't realize you only went to Oshkosh for the first time two years ago. Yeah, that's right. That. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this I've only been to Oshkosh twice, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, yeah. I was, Sun and Fun was my first, uh, air, you know, my very first Sun and Fun was 2011. Um, and then... I started volunteering at the radio station and working with you and, and everyone there, uh, in 2015. And then, yeah, uh, 2017 was my first, my first Oshkosh. Wow. You know, you know I, I'm sorry, 2018. I, I, I just saw the, uh, one of the memories show up from my previous posts on Facebook and it was, what was the tornado year? 2013? I think it was, 
Yeah, and I can't was, remember. It was, was yeah. no, I think it was 2011. Maybe it was I, 2011. No, I was going to say because I remember it being my first year going to Summit Fun. Yeah, okay. uh, it was the tornado, and, and we we went prior to it coming. But yeah, yeah, it, we, I remember I that. Just got that post <laughs> I, that just popped up on my memories this morning or yesterday morning. I forget mm, which day yeah. it was, but that was my first air show really too because I was a vendor there also. I'm pretty sure that happened on a Wednesday, and yeah. they shut down the air show for the rest of the day, and yeah. then. Uh, the air show was back open the next morning, which just blew me away. It was yeah. amazing what happened. Um, so, you know, now, now of course, Sun and Fun is in jeopardy because of this, this coronavirus stuff. But right. if there's a will, there's a way. They'll find a way to do it because it's just such a cool event. So, yeah, that was cool, man. Um, I didn't I, – like I, I was shocked. I know that last – I think two years you've actually had a booth with your company at yes, Oshkosh. Yes. So we'll talk about your company here in a little while. Um, <laughs> cool. And, Sounds and good. kind of the, the idea behind it. I think it's great. Uh, but let's get to the story. You know, you've talked about um, you know, getting started in aviation, and I think you told me offline that the story you're going to tell today – was about the first flight you ever took. And this is essentially the one that got it all started. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's This is the flight that changed my life, really. I, you know, I, I would say that um, because it, it was the catalyst for everything uh, that led me to where I'm at today. And you don't have an aviation family, do you? I don't. I don't. No, um, I don't come from an aviation background. You know, my parents don't fly. Um, I always was fascinated with it. You know, we'd go on a vacation and, and you know, I, I always loved the airline flight there and back. You know, I was always interested in it. Uh, but no, my parents don't fly. You know, my mom's a, a teacher and my dad is a photographer. So I actually, um, I found general aviation through the space program. Uh, growing up in central Florida, uh, we had the space shuttle program in our backyard. And, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to my parents because we spent almost every single weekend when I was little out at Kennedy Space Center. And, you know, I grew up watching the space shuttle. Uh, and basically, from the time I was born in 2003, um, up until the program ended in 2011, I don't know, I, I, I would... I would bet to say that we didn't miss one space shuttle launch. Um, you know, it was, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. I wanted to be an astronaut. And that's what I set my mind to. And I loved everything about it. So fast forward to 2011, the program ends, space shuttle program ends. And at that point in time, Elon Musk wasn't really around yet. He wasn't, you know, SpaceX wasn't. Uh, really, had, they hadn't really gotten to a, a major point yet, and they're really the future of manned spaceflight wasn't looking great. And so I did some research, and I discovered that most, or not most, but a lot of astronauts started out in general aviation. They started um, their astronaut career by learning how to fly, getting their private pilot's uh, certificate, and, and so on. And I thought that was really interesting. So we went to Sun and Fun, and I, I did some more research, and I got really excited about it. And then on my 10th birthday, and this is what kind of leads us uh, into the flight, um, my parents surprised me with a Young Eagles flight, uh, an EAA Young Eagles flight, which if you don't know what the EAA Young Eagles program is, I'll talk about that in a second. It's a fantastic program. But uh, this flight was in a Piper J3 Cub, um, which I, you know, I've flown a pretty wide variety of airplanes in terms of you know like just different types and there is nothing better than a piper cub 
I can't. I can't argue with that. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I'm. I'm not going to sit here and argue and tell you that you're wrong because a J3 Cub is. It's great. a classic. It oh, is, yeah. and and you can. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. You know, it doesn't have fancy avionics, and you can't. You know, take it on a super long cross country unless you but want to be up in the air flying. for twelve hours. Oh, but and and I disagree. You can take it on a super long. You cross can. Country you can. Because that's true. I, we had a guest on who did that very yeah. thing. I, and hey, <laughs> you know that, that's true. And actually, you know, I, I should have added. You know, you absolutely can if you want to. You know, spend twelve hours in the air. You know, hey. Go for it. I actually think that would be an incredible adventure. In fact, one of the earliest books that I read, um, I, the name of it escapes me, but it was about uh, two two teenagers actually, um, a bro- two brothers who um, refurbished yeah, flight yes. of passage. That's it, and, and they flew a, a Piper Cub coast to coast. Um, and I have that sitting I on my nightstand. I'm getting ready to start start reading that. It's a fantastic book. Uh, that was one of the first books I read when I started I started getting interested in aviation. No spoilers um, yet. No, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. Uh, it's a fantastic book. Would highly recommend. Um, and I just fell in love with the Piper Cub, uh, and and to this day, I still think that it is definitely one of the, one of the best airplanes that you, uh, if you have an opportunity to fly it ever, no matter where you're at in your aviation career, don't pass that up. A uh, really special airplane. So that was my first flight, and it started out as basically it was a surprise. I didn't know that. We were doing it. Uh, I had actually one of the, my gift that year was a little RC Aronica Champ, and so I thought I was under the impression that we were going out to the airport to fly the RC Champ. And when we got there, there was a real life airplane, <laughs> and at that time I didn't know the difference between a Champ and a Cub. And I was like, "Whoa, that's the real life thing!" Um, and I, you know, the the pilot um, who's now a very good friend, he was uh, he's an Embry Riddle uh, professor, Dr. Pat Anderson, and. Uh, he he's a fan, he's an aerospace engineer, a fantastic guy, and so he walked me through everything. You know, uh, talked we did a little bit of basic intro ground school, did a pre flight. You know, he really made the experience special, and you know he was a huge part of that that inspiration for me. And just seeing his passion and seeing how much he he loved what he was doing, um, and how interested and how fascinated he was with everything really got me uh, excited and then we got to the actual airplane and i was like okay this is it and so we pre-flighted the airplane one of the things i do remember about the pre-flight aspect was that um my mom actually um was you know walking right behind us and noticed that the airplane most of the majority of it is fabric and you know she had to kind of come to that realization oh well, this is mostly fabric. The airplanes, you know, manufactured out of mostly fabric. So it's made, um, out, of, it's made out of clothes. Clothes, What's going yeah, on here? yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Refurbished clothes, right? It's a shower um, curtain. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it was like, okay, well, well, okay. And you know, she, hey, she let us continue. It wasn't a big deal, but it was kind of like a moment of realization. Uh, I was just too fascinated at the time to to really even think about that. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm going on an airplane ride. This is so cool. And and so. We get in, we, we get everything started, put on the headset, the whole thing, and I just love every 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 second of it. Uh, so we taxi out. Uh, this was the Deland Airport, which is uh, another local airport for me, and I will always remember it. Runway 5, uh, we depart, basically fly out to the east towards the Daytona area, and we overfly uh, the Daytona International Speedway at the Daytona Airport. So we do that. Uh, we, come, we start making our way back, and... We go through all the basic maneuvers, right? So uh, steep turns. Uh, we we don't actually do a stall, but slow fly, all that stuff. And so I got to do a bunch of hand flying, 
And basically, once we got, we were finished with maneuvers, he handed over to me and said, hey, okay, I want you to fly us back to the land. And I was like, okay, I'm 100% in that. This time I was, you know, I was loving every aspect of this. And so I flew, I grabbed onto the stick and flew the airplane uh, back to the land, really. Uh, you know, we, I got my first introduction to dead reckoning and, and pilotage, right? Uh, fortunately, I knew the area deep, like, decently well so uh, i did okay with that and and pat, pat dr anderson was, was very helpful with that so anyway uh we start working our way back towards the land and and he explains hey so we're this here's how we're going to approach the airport with the traffic pattern and the downwind base leg and everything like that and um do you want to keep flying i was like yeah absolutely i definitely do and so we start working our way down start descending flying the, the pattern and he pretty much um let me fly just until we touched down, um, and even still, he was like, "Hey, keep your hand on the on, on the stick, and you, you know, want you to feel feel the movements and, and what this is like." And and that that was it for me. I was like, "That was as soon as we landed. That was the realization. That was the moment that it hit me. I want I want to be a pilot. This is what I want to do." And since then, I haven't really looked back. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love I love that you guys went so far too, because I mean, to land and. Yeah. Daytona, yeah. they're not. Oh yeah, they're not super far away, but in a in a Especially cub, in a I mean, that's, cub. Yeah, yeah, that's a what? You know, it's a hike. So yeah, oh, it was it was great. You know, he really uh, made it. He made the experience really what it was, um, and he was a major part of that inspiration for me. What's interesting to me is, you know, I I follow pretty close to where you, what you're doing and where you're going. You know, now now you've gone from. Uh, flying in this J3 Cub, you've got your Skyhawk hours that you're flying, but you've also got uh, a buddy who has a Mooney, and you know you're 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 not just flying low and slow. Now you're like, let's go somewhere, oh, yeah. and you're flying all <laughs> kinds of places. In fact, I recently saw that you had made your way up to Triple Tree. Yes, yes, uh, that was quite the adventure, actually. <laughs> I want to go there. It's a oh, Triple Tree is fantastic. Uh, it's r- definitely the nicest grass strip I've ever been to. Sorry to any of the local Florida strips; they're they're great. But Triple Tree, there is something else. Uh, I've uh, been there twice so far. Uh, once was with my friend Jessica last February, and we flew a Cessna 150D model, uh, which was way different than the Mooney um, for obvious reasons. We flew a Cessna 150 from uh, Florida to South Carolina. And it was a day trip, so it was a long day, but it was incredible. Uh, and so we flew uh, up to Triple Tree. However, I I, see, I seem to have some bad luck with Triple Tree. Not getting there, nothing happens there, but getting back. I always seem to struggle with getting back from Triple Tree. Uh, that first time that I flew up there with Jessica on our way back, uh, we made it back into Florida, everything was looking great, and then we had some weather that started forming, and it just it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be good so we uh, had to divert to uh, f- uh, uh saint augustine <laughs> I just want to say flagler but no we had to divert to saint augustine and we actually had to uh, shout out to my dad who came and picked us up and drove us back uh couldn't do uh what i do without my parents uh for sure uh in terms of driving because uh you know flying is greater than driving i think in my opinion so agreed i don't have agreed. my driver's license yet i don't have my student pilot's license but you know driving can be secondary anyway um that's a different story so uh that was the first time and then coming back this last summer which was with uh um the mooney uh similar situation uh just weather got us stuck grounded uh some i think it was i want to say it was barnwell south carolina but i'm not positive on that uh somewhere in south carolina and 
had sat there for about three hours and then finally, you know, weather cleared and we were good and we actually filed IFR and, and flew back. But the Mooney is a very, very special, very cool airplane. Um, definitely, um, I've definitely had some really great experiences flying that airplane and, and you know, it being complex and, and, and way different than a Piper Cub. Just leave it at that. Um, it's definitely given me some great learning opportunities, uh, some wonderful IFR experience, stuff like that. Cool. The owner of that, Mooney, uh, cool cool guy, he actually had a Skyhawk, and I, you actually showed up in another YouTuber's... That's right. That would be uh, Josh's video. <laughs> Josh Josh Flowers, his, his Aviation 101 uh, video, yes. where he took that Skyhawk all the way across the country and back. He did, yeah. We actually, Arnaldo, so Ar- Arnaldo and I are just uh, great friends. We've been great friends for, uh, I, I for quite a while He's now. Great. He's a great guy. Um, and we, that Skyhawk that he he and Josh flew coast to coast, we also had quite uh, s- uh, several pretty uh, pretty epic adventures in that airplane. And then, uh, yeah, that's right. He, he flew that coast to coast. And then when actually was on that trip that he got the offer that he just couldn't pass up on it, um, it was, it was, that Skyhawk was loaded with avionics and, and technology. It was a fantastic Skyhawk. Um, yeah, if you want to get intimate with that Skyhawk, go find Josh Flowers' YouTube <laughs> definitely, channel definitely. called Aviation 101 and do the coast-to-coast in a Skyhawk. It's like oh. five or six videos. It is fantastic. Great it is a great series. Absolutely. It is a great series. You know, I, I aspire to be like Josh with uh, with my YouTube channel um, that I'm just kind of getting started on the side. Um, but anyway, so uh, that he sold that uh, that. The Cessna, the Skyhawk, and uh, he bought the Mooney, which is way faster, way uh, super fun, just incredible, incredible airplane. I had never flown a Mooney until uh, Arnaldo got his, and it's just such a good airplane. You can do so much with it. Mooney Zoom, you know, there's a reason why why they call Mooney Zoom. We actually, uh, a couple months ago, in flying to Asheville, North Carolina, we broke 200 knots. Now, we had a like a 30-knot tailwind, uh, and we were descending, but... It's still pretty cool to say, you know, we, we, we broke, broke 200, 200 knots, knots. <laughs> and, cool. in, a, in a general aviation airplane. I'm like, Downhill. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun airplane. Hey, everybody. David here again. Just a reminder, stick to the end of the show for a huge announcement. It's really cool. You're going to love it. Let's get back to the show. So talk, take me through the conversation, you know, after like, so you're, yeah. you, you come back from, from Daytona in this cub, you basically land the plane, you know, at least, at least it feels like it, you know, you've dead reckoned all the way home, you get out of this airplane and then, you know, you go see your parents and I know your parents, like I know <laughs> them. How did that conversation go? The, the first conversation like then it was just excitement and, and happiness and joy and like, like everything, you know, I had the biggest smile on my face. Um, you know, recounted every single detail to them. And at that point, like, like, like I said earlier, none of us are in aviation. My parents really didn't know a lot about general aviation beyond the basics. I didn't know anything at that point beyond the first flight I just took. So, um, that initial conversation was just, you know, thank you so much. This was so, so, so good. You know, went home and I, I, you know, wrote that, wrote out a handwritten thank you note, um, to, to send to Pat and, and, and everything and everyone at, at EAA. And so, then we get home, and the wonderful thing about the Young Eagles program is they give you a little uh, logbook, and that's that was my first logbook. I actually had that flight, that first flight, copied into my 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 new logbook, my actual logbook now. Uh, it's the first entry, but on the back of that logbook, they give you a code, an access code for the Sporties Pilot Shop Private Pilot um, course, and so 
I took advantage of that. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, program that EAA and Sporties offer. And that's when I really started to learn not just the basics I needed to learn for ground school, but what is it actually going to take to pursue this? And I learned about the age and, you know, and everything like that and, and what I could do now. But the most important thing I learned about pretty quickly, and I also explored, you know, YouTube, and I actually came across Josh's videos that he he was a, he played a major role in, in my inspiration. Um, but the most important thing that I learned through YouTube and Sporties was the cost, how expensive it was going to be to learn how to fly. And I think, Every student pilot, when they're just getting started, has that moment of, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is what I want to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go conquer the world and be a pilot. And then you, you, you get a number and, and you realize, oh, okay, I'm going to have to slow down a little bit and figure out how I'm going to do this. And I had that realization when I was 10 years old. <laughs> and so, um, you know, my parents are two of the most incredibly supportive parents I could ask for. Um, you know, they have made so many opportunities and just just work with me and they support all of my crazy ideas and, and everything but, but you know, they're fi- also financially, as you mentioned earlier a, te- a teacher exactly. and a photographer exactly and you know they they backed me 100 but financially it just it wasn't a reality as it is for you know so many families and so i needed to find a way to pay for this so at the time i knew i didn't have to rush it was okay um, I just did what I could. I got a Santa Claus that year brought me a flight simulator, a little, you know, FSX and yoke and throttle. And nice. so I, I started flying that and I built up uh, several hundred hours on that. And, and I actually still have it. Uh, and actually, I might pull that out during this time of social distancing to keep to, you know, theoretically keep flying. But anyway, um, so I'm not in a huge rush, but about a year passes. I'm 11 now and I go to Sun to Fun again. I, you know, start getting really kind of more involved, meeting new people and, and stuff like that. And at this point, I'm pretty much decided this is what I'm going to do. So I do what every 11-year-old would do, and I start a company to pay for it. Um, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I did when I was 11. I mean, exactly, that, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's the gosh, conventional. Why not, why not two companies? It's the conventional way of paying for flight training. Um, I just you know, had to close my lemonade stand down because of the fires. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I always love saying that. It's like, hey, it's just the normal thing you do. Because to me, it was. You know, my, my, my parents raised me uh, in, 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 with the mindset of if, if you want something, you know, you find well, a way to make a it happen. Exactly. And, and like I said, they support all of my crazy ideas and endeavors and whatnot. Um, and so, so I come up with this idea. At this point, I've gone through basic ground school, and, and I'm pretty familiar with sectional charts, you know, aeronautical charts, and, and I love them, and I find them fascinating. So I'm, I'm planning a flight one day for my flight simulator because I was that guy, I, I, I was that geek, that kid that would plan a cross-country flight to, for the flight simulator, right? And it's, I admit it. Um, and I had the, the chart out. Actually, I had gotten a chart for Christmas that year. It was like a, like a big chart, um, and obviously it was expired at that point. But I was planning it out drawing my lines my mom walked by and she, she noticed the chart and found it really interesting and, and we started talking about it and one thing pretty much led to another and we took out a sharpie and drew the outline of a shirt on the chart and that's how my company chart it all was born uh, and the idea really of printing and, and designing apparel with sectional charts on it uh, and shirts believe me were just the beginning <laughs> um and so at that point, hey, we've got this great idea. Let's do some research, figure out how to make it happen. And I figured out the best way to, to get things started. 
And then in 2015 at Sun and Fun, after about half a year in research and development, and we had we we got our, our first official product line collection of uh, shirts and um, a few a few we had shirts. Our first products were shirts, aprons, and socks. And we went to Sun and Fun and debuted Sun and Fun 2015, and it it was it was wonderful. I mean, people loved the idea. This was the first time that anyone had seen anything like this, at least in quite a long time. And what's really special about it is all of the products are custom designed. So you get to choose the airport, the airspace, um, you know, whatever area you want. If you had an engine out landing at this airport, you can choose that. Uh, your home airport, whatever it may be. And so people loved that, and we did, and, and it was great. We got really great reception uh, at Sun and Fun. And at this point, I'm still 11, right? So it's pretty much a hobby. We didn't you know, do super well or anything. Um, and for the first year and a half, two years, it, it was exactly that. It was a hobby. We sold it to our friends who were pilots, you know, everyone at Sun and Fun Radio and whatnot. And then about two years ago, we sat down and said, hey, you know what? This is an incredible idea. Let's, are, are we going to take it and run with it, or are we just going to kind of let it die down and, and not really turn into anything or not, you know, get to the point where we think it could be? Because uh, like I said, I have crazy ideas and I uh, like to have high expectations for them. So uh, we decided to go for it and really make it happen. And now we're in Sporty's Pilot Shop. We go to Oshkosh. We're, we're all over uh, social media and whatnot. You've probably seen our uh, uh, leggings or yoga pants or mugs or all sorts of our, you know, bow ties too now. Uh all sorts Wait, of products. You have bow ties? We do have bow ties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a joke, all sorts of stuff. Actually, for those of you who don't, there's a reason I'm joking. Well, that's about funny. That. It's because Dave, Dave was the reason. He is the reason why we have bow ties. Uh, when it was Sun and Fun, oh gosh, which 2017, I think. Because uh, yeah, because it was the the year before we went to Oshkosh um, for the first time, and I had I wore a regular necktie. And I showed up at Sun of Fun, and Dave was like, hey, where, where's the bow tie? And I said, well, let's see what we can do. And it's incredible how difficult it is <laughs> to manufacture bow ties. Uh, but... 2019, we finally figured it out. Dave was the first, uh, at Sun and Fun 2019 last year, almost a year ago now, uh, Dave was the first person in the world to receive a custom sectional chart bow tie, and uh, they've been a hit. They- they've been awesome. I love that bow tie, and I every time I wear it, people compliment on it. It's probably the one I get most noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is noticeable. And it has my home airport on it, which is great. Yeah, that, that's what's fun about all of our products. And so, um, you know, that, that, about what we do, you know, we have all sorts of great, great products uh, on our website, chartitall.com, and you customize it all with your airport, your airspace. So, Speaking of great that products uh, that you have, like I actually drank out of, I drank my coffee out of a Chart It All mug this morning that I got from yes. you guys. So, yes, yeah, outstanding. Know. Yeah, it's, a, I, I, it's fun stuff. Like there's... Um, it, what I love about it is you have taken it and run with it. There's certain things that I'm not interested in, and there's certain things that I'm very interested in. You're not uh, interested in yoga pants, or are you? No, I'm not interested in I don't in know. That, but, I, I, I but, think you I, could you pull know, them off. 
I, I bet I, I pull them off quickly, actually. I know I could. <laughs> <laughs> I was but waiting you have, for you to make that joke. <laughs> that's right. But you have such fun stuff. Yeah, um, for you know, sure. The gifts, the, uh, you've got, I, I, and I didn't even rec- realize it until you mentioned it. I've seen them before, but it didn't connect with me. You have an apron. And we I'm do. doing a lot of grilling now, so I probably require an apron at some point. I'm going to have to order one of those. I can, I, can, uh, I, can, but, I, I, I know some people. I can, you get a game? I, I, can hook, I, can, I can hook you up with that. You can hook me up with an apron. So, yeah, it's super fun i actually have now two of your bow ties and for the record they are self-tie bow ties they are yes and actually if you follow us on uh instagram and facebook at chart at all you will be seeing very shortly because now that i'm quarantined i have more time to catch up on content for chart at all social uh you will be seeing a video that dave and i produced uh explaining how to tie a bow tie so stay tuned for that i don't want to miss that (laughs) how awesome is that that was a fun day that was and that was the first you know i i love ties and i've worn bow ties but the ones that i've always worn when i was little and they were self-tied or they weren't self-tied they were uh pre-tied and those seem dangerous to me. Is there like I agree. a, like a I lever agree now. or like a ratchet <laughs> or something? I agree now because now that uh, Dave has has taught me the uh, the importance and, and the and the valuable lessons in <laughs> of uh, tying self tie bow ties, as we all discovered at his wedding a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, Dave was he almost made Dave late to his own wedding because of the tie. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, <laughs> again, my apologies for that. Um, Definitely, it, it only, took, all the way. it only took five people to get your tie you, you, on, though, you'll Trevor. Be proud, you'll be proud to know, though, that uh, the the I've had to wear a bow tie. Oh gosh, several times actually, because I wore them every single day at the Women in Aviation conference a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I've had no problems whatsoever. So. Oh, that was, I, I that got was it fun. down. <laughs> and I've said it before, but thanks so much for making the trip over to our wedding. That was oh, of course. Super awesome it, it was yeah. it was su- such cool. a fun day, su- such a great wedding. You know, so happy for you guys. Um. Actually, Trevor, I have a question, and we can cut this out if you want um, <laughs> and edit it out. No, I'm, it's it's a serious question. I'm just I've noticed um, someone else is selling yoga pants. Sure. What's up with that? Yeah, so uh, that's actually one of the reasons why we decided to to go from this is uh, this was our idea. Um, you know, we came up with this this concept. Or are we going to take it and run with it? Or are we going to let someone else kind of you know um, claim it and uh, Let's just say that, you know, that company, they have a different marketing style than we do. Um, They've Mm -hmm. had some problems recently within the last year or so. Uh, You know, I don't really follow what they do for the most part. Um, We're all about fun and inspiration. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. we have that fun gift apparel item. But I've, in the last year, I've really tried to aim, especially on like our social media channels and stuff, um, I've really tried to connect with students and, and really anyone and show them that, no matter what your background is, you know, for me, not having a lot of money and, and not having parents in aviation, it is possible to to get into the industry and learn how to fly. And I'm not saying you have to go start a company, but apply for flight training scholarships, you know, go network, go yeah. go to your local airport, stuff like that. So that's what we're about now. You know, we, we want to, I really want to inspire um, other students to go out and, and, and make, make their aviation dreams uh, a reality. And so that's what our focus is. They have a different focus. Um, you know, I, I actually, I like competition, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it keeps us, keeps us fresh. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they do their thing. We, we do ours. I just wasn't sure if you had like a patent or anything on that and that's sure. 
But I'm, so, sure, you know, I'm sure at the time you didn't think of putting it on yoga pants at the time. <laughs> That's right. And unfortunately, uh, we can't actually copyright or patent any of our products because all of the charts are public domain, technically speaking. So uh, uh, we would technically have to, uh, what we could do uh, is is patent each individual product that we make, but that's just completely unrealistic. Right. So, you know, we've got the trademark and everything, but okay. uh, yeah, so technically anyone can go out and uh, and produce the stuff. I will say, though, to anyone who has that bright idea that it is very difficult uh, <laughs> to, to, to do this, uh, but definitely, uh, definitely worthwhile. Right. Well, I know that you guys went through a number of iterations just to get the bow tie right. I mean, it took you yes. quite a well, while. Well, qu- quality is key to us. You know, uh, between my mom and myself, uh, we have very high standards and, you know, we want to make sure that all of our products that we produce are top notch and we wanted to deliver the best bow tie we could to you man <laughs> one of my favorite new products that you've got is the uh the apple watch band like, yeah i think that just looks super fun so i may have to I, I'm, I'm kind of a i'm kind of a like i have so many watch bands it's like i, I love to change my watch bands quite a bit because sure. the face is always the same so yeah, I might need And I, I loved your idea that you had for that as well. But that's right. We did just introduce watch bands uh, as part of our new collection of products just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in that new collection, we also have scrunchies, which have been super popular. Um, we have two new water bottles. One is a, is a cold uh, water bottle uh, tumbler made by Tervis that fits in your flight bag. It's great for in-flight oh, no, really? uh, flying. Me, yeah, it's stainless steel. It's fantastic. Um, and then we also have a, a same, same mug. Just it's a, it's a hot tumbler version for coffee and stuff like that at the office. Stuff like that. So uh, those were two uh, our new products. And then the, the last, the, the fifth new product that we introduced were uh, tank tops, uh, which most of the products that we uh, come up with are from customers at Oshkosh saying, hey, can you make this? Or have you ever thought about making that? You know, that's how we got the bow tie. And that's a similar case with the tank tops and the uh, Apple watch bands. And the watch bands are great. I, I love mine. I, uh, I've got, I have three now. So I have three different airports that I can interchange depending on how I'm feeling. That's good. <laughs> Nice. I, have, I have two of your uh, bow ties, one for one for Melbourne, my home airport, and the other one's for uh, Air, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So yes. It's like, yes. just depends on how I'm feeling that exactly. day. I can change right? up my you bow know, tie. What's, what style are you, are you thinking for the day? <laughs> That's fun. That's good to know. That means I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I like... I, I stick with one thing. Like, I have a watch face, and that's the only watch face I pretty much use ever. I have the same band that I had since I got my Series Zero watch that I still have today on my new one. And, right, right. But I think a chartered all band would be kind of neat to have, too. I would, I'm going to look into that. It's just, you know, the, the one disclaimer that I have to say uh, for all of our products is that they are not for navigational purposes. You cannot be up flying if your iPad dies or you, know, you don't have your old paper chart. You can't look at your watch band or your phone you case or whatever. On just about every one we of your do. products. We do. Why? Because A, it's funny. <laughs> a, it's funny. And B, it's a legal thing, you know. We can't be, you know, they, if someone wanted to, you know, they could probably take us down for that, you know. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a disclaimer. If yeah. four flight fails on you... And you don't have a, a paper map, you know, just the only exception to that is if you buy a new product every six months and you stay up to date with your charts, then that's fine because <laughs> we print the most current charts. So we are actually considering introducing a new series subscription, right? Uh, where every it. six months we just send you a new product and charge your card, <laughs> you know. 
That's a, that, 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 that's a new idea that's in the works. Just leave your card on file with us and we'll make sure, we'll make sure that uh, your charts are up to date. No Sorry, problem. Sorry, your old shirt, your new shirt comes with a sticker to put on your old shirt. To that's, show right. That it's that's, no right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. You can, you know, you know, people used to use their old uh, uh, charts that were expired for wrapping paper. Well, now you can use your old chart at all products for wrapping paper and, sick. and gifts and whatnot. So that's the only exception to that not for navigational purposes rule. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> so you started this company so that you could pay for your flight training you're well on your way uh, i expect by your 17th birthday you're probably going to be taking your check ride um and that's, that's awesome that's the what's, plan what's the dream it's this whole thing started because you wanted to be an astronaut are you sure are you still going down that path uh, i mean or, you, or what it's something i've actually recently like within the last year or so thought a little bit more about is as you know space travel has progressed as, as it has um but no you know long term for me is um i actually i'm working on a new, brand new project that uh i can't share yet um but that's going to be pretty much taking over my life for the next year or so and we'll, we'll talk off mic about that but um, i can't wait to hear it <laughs> mm-hmm. but um long term i actually want to end up in an aspect of the industry that's people don't really think about a lot but i want to end up in aviation law and advocacy so working with aopa or eaa up in dc fighting for general aviation uh really advocating for pilots and and i want my focus to specifically be aviation education you know i love teaching i love i love all of those kinds of things um i cannot wait to get my cfi um and stuff like that and so that's ultimately where I want to end up long term. You know, Mark Baker's job kind of thing. <laughs> nice. That's very right. cool. That's and lofty goals either way. And being a CFI, I mean, that'd be a lot of fun too. I think you'd be sure. great at it. Absolutely. You know, I for me it's like I said, from that first flight, the inspiration that I felt, it's definitely something that I want to be able to pass on to, to other kids. And that's, you know, I, I do that, you know, as much as I can. I, I try through through stuff on social media and whatnot. You know, that's why I started the YouTube channel about a year ago. And I just want to be able to show other kids that, hey, it's possible to see, you know, to, to, do, this, to do these kinds of things, to be 16 and, and to be able to go on these epic adventures and, and make stuff happen. You know, it takes work and it takes time, uh, but it is possible. You can do it. Spend a little bit less time at video games and a little bit more time, you know, at the airport meeting people or, you know, writing scholarship essays and stuff like that. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. And I can't tell you how many times I've been at an air show just having a casual conversation with someone, no idea who they are. And they turn out to be, you know, the, the person who um, connects me with my next flight training scholarship or uh, connects me with Sporty's Pilot Shop to start working with uh, with my company. You know, just, you never know who you're talking to. And, and what's great about the aviation community is that for the most part, everyone wants to help each other because when they were young, they had someone who helped them get to where they're at and they want to be able to pay that forward. You know, I'm, I'm in the same boat and, you know, I cannot wait to find, you know, like with Arnaldo, you know, he's been such a great mentor and friend to me. And, you know, I cannot, I can hardly wait to find another student, you know, when I'm in that position to eventually, hopefully someday, you know, own an airplane and, and, and fly and stuff like that to be able to uh, mentor other students and stuff like that, because that's what it's all about. I awesome. really don't know that I can think of a better way to end this interview. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean that's that's just yeah, awesome. That's true, you, you know, know it's, it's all about it's all about the community, and you yeah. have you have gotten yourself entrenched with that community so well. You're probably one of the most driven human beings that I've ever met, and you and I'm not trying to flatter you, but watching you 
for the past several years, I've seen this where mm. you are uh, uh, super driven and super humble at the same time. You know from what from what you came, and you say, I, you know, I'm going to work hard and do this thing, but I'm not going to leave a you know a trail of destruction in my path, you know, behind me as I go through, <laughs> you are creating goodness everywhere you go. And I think that's just super admirable and super awesome. Mm. And so well, thank you. That really means a lot to watch. Yeah. Well, that means uh, a lot. Thank uh, you. So much. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. You know, and, and Hey, I, I truly, you know, I say it, but it's true. I cannot do it without you guys, without the entire support of just everyone in aviation. I mean, you mentioned earlier with how many people came to my solo, you know, it's just, it's all about that community. Hmm. Well, cool, Trevor. Where can people find information about you? We've mentioned your your business. That's at uh, chartitall.com. Yes, that's right. So, uh, if you want to, if you're interested in ordering uh, any of our awesome uh, sectional chart products, uh, shameless plug there, uh, you can go to chartitall.com and order off the website, or you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chartitall. We post all sorts of fun uh, fun chart uh, products and just all sorts of cool stuff, and uh, then also, separately from that, you can follow me on Instagram. It's my name, Trevor Simono, S-I-M-O-N-E-A-U. Uh, same with YouTube. I'm, I'm just slowly getting that started. It's it's slowly starting to grow a little bit now, recently. Um, and yeah, the goal is for me to, you know, I'm just, like I said, I have the, the incredible privilege of going on some really epic adventures, and I want to be able to share that with, uh, with everyone, not just students, but, you know, anyone who's interested in uh, getting in aviation. So, yeah, just sharing aviation adventure flight vlog style videos, um, and that's uh, youtube.com slash Trevor Simino. So, yeah, definitely go check it out. Cool. Thanks, Trevor, so, so much for taking some time out of your super busy schedule. I know that everybody's kind of in a downtime right now, but thanks uh, for, for taking some time away to chat with us here on Logbook Memories. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. It was awesome. Thank you for this, uh, for this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun for sure. Thanks, Trevor. And awesome. for our listeners, just you know, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. You are the reason we do this. You're the reason we, you know, we take the time to to get ho- uh, guests and to you know record these episodes and to uh, publish them and put them up on 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 the on the internet for you guys to download uh, it's hugely helpful to us if you leave us a review on iTunes especially if you want to leave us a five star rating if you want to leave us a three star rating maybe talk to us first maybe but anyway, uh, that just if you would leave nice. us a review that'd be great it helps us out so much we just thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And I think that will wrap us up for this episode. Uh, I think so. We'll be back soon with another one. So thanks, Trevor, for doing this. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Good night, guys. Good night. night. Thank you. Dude, he's got baby bibs. We do have baby bibs. (laughs) (laughs) We have everything. When we say chart at all, we mean chart at all. (laughs) Chart at all. All. A-L-L. Chart at all. All right. So as promised, uh, at the beginning of the episode, I said that we actually have uh, a little bit of an announcement at the end. So if you're listening to this, thanks for sticking around. But we actually have uh, a little bit more to talk about with Trevor. (laughs) Uh, Trevor told us about something when we recorded this, this episode originally that was kind of off the record. And so we had to wait. But it looks like things are falling together. 
uh, to make something magical happen. So, Trevor, can you tell us what what we can expect? Absolutely. I'll uh, jump right into it. I'm flying solo around the world. <laughs> You're doing what? Okay. I'm flying solo around the world at 17 years old. I'll be aiming to set the world record by becoming the youngest person to fly solo around the world, circumnavigate the world by single-engine aircraft, and I'll be 17 years old as I'm doing it. And as a part of the trip, it's actually a brand new project, really, that I'm launching called Fly Infinite Horizons. And the goal, you know, my, my aim with this entire trip uh, and this new project is to inspire students of any and all backgrounds to pursue aviation and STEM careers. So as I'm traveling around the world, I'll actually be visiting elementary, middle and high schools, and I'll be hosting seminars and workshops, hands-on workshops all geared towards inspiring students to pursue aviation and STEM careers. And really showing, my aim is to, you know, show students that it is possible to make your dreams happen and do these sorts of things. Because, you know, we just discussed my background. And for those of you who don't know, you know, I don't come from an aviation family. Neither of my parents fly. I actually found aviation through the space program. And from outside the industry, in many ways, for students, it seems unattainable. A career in aviation seems unattainable. And so I want to show students that that is certainly not the case. And there are fun, really unique, creative ways to make it happen. So you're you're going to be flying solo in a single engineer plane around the world. And as part of this, you're going to be visiting schools. And as we just heard in the episode, you took your first flying lesson or your first flight in a GA aircraft. It, hasn't, it wasn't even a flying lesson. At age 10, what, what age group of people are you trying to reach when you do this trip? Absolutely. So I'll be visiting elementary, middle, and high schools, really starting as young as 8, 9, 10. Uh, students who, at that same age, may not be able to go and, and start flight training right away, but can become acquainted and be, get familiar with aviation, the industry, how things work, and, and just the basics. And not just in aviation, but in STEM, in science, math. Uh, technology, engineering, all of those things. And then getting into the middle and high school levels, um, middle school students talking about glider flying. You can start flying gliders, as we discussed. I did at 13, solo at 14, and then um, move on, transition into single engine uh, powered flight training and and solo at 16, uh, at least in the United States. And so it's that's that that's the aim. That's the goal with this trip. Oh, man, I'm so excited. All right. Uh, give us the vital statistics. Sure. Uh, when is this thing going to happen? How long is it going to take? Where are you going to go? What are you going to fly? Give us like the, the, the rundown of what, what people can expect during the actual flight. Absolutely. I mean, when a 17-year-old tells you that he's going to go fly around the world by himself, you're going to have some questions, right? So get right down to the <laughs> basics. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's quite the adventure. It's quite the trip. And it's actually been something that I've been working on for the last year and a half to make happen. This isn't something you just wake up overnight and decide to do. Uh, this takes literally years of planning to successfully make uh, make happen. So uh, I'll actually be departing in March of 2021. That is a tentative date. We'll talk about why in a little bit. Uh, so departing in March 2021 from the uh, Space Shuttle Landing Facility at Kennedy Space Center in Florida, making 27 stops in 18 countries, covering nearly 23,000 nautical miles, 
The aircraft I'll be wow. flying is a 1977 Cessna 210 Mike model. This is a very nice 210. It has been retrofitted with an entire glass cockpit, the Garmin G500, G750, G650, the S-Tech 55X autopilot, JPI engine monitor. It even already has the SATCOM phone. It's pretty much just missing the ferry tank. So it is truly the perfectly equipped aircraft for a trip like this. And so uh, the trip itself will be about three months. This is in the speed record. Uh, like I said, I'll be visiting school. So I'll be taking time in the different cities that I'm visiting to uh, not just go to schools, but uh, travel, enjoy the trip, and then also building in things like weather days. There are so many challenges that come with flying around the world. This isn't simply going and taking your friends to lunch um, on an hour flight down to St. Petersburg from Orlando. You know, this is a massive project and it's something that you really have to become flexible with and there's a whole lot of training and we can kind of get into that discussion as well that I'll be doing that I already have been doing and will continue to do in order to make this trip successful. Okay, let's let's do some math. You just soloed an airplane on your 16th birthday you you don't even have a private pilot certificate yet i will in about three days hopefully oh so exciting <laughs> and actually by the time this 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 comes out yeah it, it should be it should i'll have my private uh continuing right on into instruments so um plan for training is um, I'll be finishing up my instrument training in the 210. So we're actually getting everything finalized with the pre-buy and going out and picking it up, flying it back to Florida, and then doing as much of my instrument training in the airplane as possible so that I can become as familiar with that system um, as early as possible, right? And then from there, it's pretty much nothing but instrument cross-country flying. And uh, basically pushing myself to the limits as, as much as I can. And I say that cautiously because... This isn't just me doing this. And look, the reality is that I'm not a 25,000 hour career pilot who currently has the knowledge and skill set to go fly around the world. And so that's why I've actually created a flight advisory team. And this team is comprised of former around the world pilots, CFIs, double I's, AMPs, my closest flight mentors, really the right people who do have the experience to help set this mission up for success. And they've already all been such an instrumental part in, in helping to get this project off the ground. And so they're there every step of the way for me in terms of training. I'll be creating, or I'm sorry, I'll be completing uh, oceanic crossing training with uh, Matt Guthmiller. We're going to fly to Greenland in his Bonanza. I mean, if you may know that Matt actually flew around the world when he was 19 years old uh, about five years ago. And of course, I'll be completing the 210 transition training, getting my complex endorsement in the process. And as I continue to transition into long cross-country trips, uh, flying IFR, I'll be doing a coast-to-coast -coast trip from Florida to California, training trip on the way out there. I'll be doing mountain flying training out in Colorado, advanced weather training, and then also advanced survival training. Uh, that's awesome that you have such a great team to support you leading up to this, for sure. Um, and I, like you said, Matt has already done this. And also, Matt was called upon uh, during uh, Around the World Flight uh, for for the Atlantic Crossing part of it during another YouTube channel. That's right, yes. So, so he's, mm -hmm. he's no 
he's no rookie when it comes to flying across the pond. As not, not at all. And those are those are really two of the the most risky parts of this trip is the Atlantic crossing and the Pacific crossing. And I can kind of get into the route the, for the Atlantic crossing. I'll be flying um, from Gander, Newfoundland, uh, in northern uh, Canada, up to uh, Narsarswak, Greenland, and then from Narsarswak going over to Reykjavik, Iceland, and then down into Wick, Scotland. So I'm not really flying directly across. There are a couple of different routes that you can take um, when you're flying across the Atlantic. You can kind of do the the Greenland, Iceland, uh, England route, or Scotland, rather, uh, route. Or you can do straight across to the Azores and then over to the UK. And I like to avoid, for the most part, as much as I can, uh, flying over large bodies of water for extended periods of, periods of time. There are certain places on the route where that simply isn't possible. You know, we get around to the other side of the world and flying in the Pacific. They're really aren't very many ways that you can do that without flying uh, over massive uh, parts of the ocean. So the the most risky route or the most risky risky leg of the trip is flying from Honolulu to California, San Diego, California. And that's just because it's such a long distance over water? Exactly. So uh, you're over water. You don't have any really possible landing sites whatsoever. The other thing that really is important for that leg specifically is the aircraft actually is going to be well overweight. And you have to get a special permit to fly it overweight, over max gross weight, because you'll have a ferry tank. That leg in and of itself is could be has the potential to be up to 14 hours with strong headwinds it can be as short as 11 and a half 12 but if the winds aren't in our favor uh, or in my favor rather it's could be a very long day and so you need that ferry tank you need all that extra fuel and i'm light but still the uh so understanding weight and balance and all the characteristics that it has to do uh, with a trip like that is absolutely crucial. And that's such another, that's really another big part of my training is not just the flying, but understanding the aerodynamics, the, the weight and balance scenarios that I'll be in. Because like I said, flying around the world offers a lot of unique challenges, things like that. And those are all things that I have been and will continue to be preparing for to successfully and most importantly, safely complete this trip. And just to make it clear to everyone listening, you know, I firmly believe that the best chances for success with this trip are directly linked to a pilot matched with this team um, and the with laser focus on mission success and concentrating not just on proper preparation but in everything that I do from training to the actual trip the focus is a commitment to safety and that is really what's driving this entire trip what sort of support system do you expect to have during the actual flying portion of the trip Sure. So I'll actually be meeting up with people all around the world as I'm traveling. So one of the biggest um, one of the biggest challenges flying around the world is the paperwork and the business side of things, really, because unfortunately we take for granted in the United States how easy it is to just get up and go fly somewhere one day. For the most part, we can go to pretty much any airport and plan things day before, the day of even sometimes, you know, we have a lot of flexibility. That is certainly not the case for most countries around the world. So handling those permits, there are several different companies that handle those sorts of things for you. I'll be working with them to take care of those sorts of logistics, having people, handlers uh, that I'll be meeting up with at the airports uh, in each country that I'm visiting to be there as mentors and, and, and help out with that process. I mean, the budgets for this trip include everything from ridiculous $1,600 landing fees to even having to, I don't want to say bribe someone, but sometimes, and this is all coming from 
former pilots who have who have taken a trip like this, not just solo, but all sorts of different circumnavigations. You'll end up in a place or a situation where a problem will arise out of nowhere and the easiest way to solve that problem is if you have some some cash that will solve that problem for you. So throwing money at all those sorts of things definitely helps. Exactly. Exactly. So taking into account all those sorts of things. Now, a massive part about a, a major part of the research that I've done ahead of time, this has all been done over the last year, year and a half, and it all changes uh, almost daily, really, is the route itself. And there are a lot of places that I've chosen not to go. Uh, there are some places where, okay, I'm going to the city, but there are three airports in the city. Which one is the most general aviation friendly? Because, like I said, we take for granted in the United States how accessible general aviation is. And most countries... They're used to seeing airlines uh, flying, you know, A320s, A330s flying. They're not used to seeing a small Cessna 210 coming into the airport, much less a Cessna 210 with a 17-year-old pilot. So for in most countries, I can't just go flying in shorts and a t-shirt or a collared shirt. I have to wear the official pilot uniform with the epaulets and the tie and the wings and everything, with the proper ID badge and everything. And even though it's just general aviation, that's just part of the standard operating procedures there. So understanding all of those sorts of logistics and preparing for all of those things ahead of time are really what help set this mission up for success. And it sounds basic, but it's those sorts of things that really make a difference um, in terms of how successful a trip like this can be and how many problems you're going to run into. And so the route that I've chosen is set up to visit the airports that are used to these sorts of trips. People, People flying around the world in small airplanes will work with you. They're fair, that sort of thing. Unfortunately, that isn't the case for all countries or all airports. So those are all sorts of things that you need to take into consideration. If you uh, saw Matt's Russia video last year, you probably know what I'm referring to. I'm not going to Russia. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that the, the number of people who have, who have set foot on the moon is 12. And the number of people who have flown literally around the world is not really you know con- considering how many people are on the planet is not that many more like you know there's probably several hundred maybe several thousand people who have flown around the world you're gonna be right. part of a pretty elite group it, it, it's a pretty small group and i've had some incredible opportunities to get to know very well some uh, some earth rounders um and they are just some of the nicest most incredible people that you can meet in aviation they are passionate not just about aviation but about travel and adventure and that's really what drove me into this idea i mean this is something I came up with when I was 15 years old. I hadn't even soloed an airplane yet, but I met with Matt about it and, and we talked and it with where I was at in my training and, and with some ideas that I had, I wanted to find a way to incorporate my passion for aviation education and making it accessible to students uh, from, like I said, that early age, eight, nine, 10 years old to getting your private pilot certificate, which is what I just went through myself. I want to be able to make that accessible for other students. And what better way to do that than combine my passion for aviation, travel, challenge, adventure, this incredible flight around the world, and have this incredible education mission be a part of it. And to me, it was just the perfect combination. It seemed like the perfect thing for me to go after. And, you know, the world record really was just kind of the icing on top of the cake. I mean, it's cool. And it's definitely a really neat thing that... Uh, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to attempting to accomplish, but 
if I have to delay the trip, if something happens and I'm not able to obtain the record, I'm still definitely doing this trip because, like I said, it's the icing on top of the cake. This is really about inspiring not just students, but really anyone of any age to go pursue their dreams, make things happen. Look, the idea of a 15-year-old kid planning a flight around the world and then actually doing it at 17 is crazy. But there are so many ways to make it happen. And that's the message that I'm trying to convey to, to everyone. Well, I uh, I know your mom and your dad, and I know they're amazing people. I can only imagine how the conversation went over dinner when you finally <laughs> said, hey. Yeah. You know, that's a funny story, actually. I, I have two of the most incredibly supportive parents ever. I, I would not be even close to where I'm at without them. And we talk about this, you know, as you heard in, in the previous episode, like I said, I have two of the most incredibly supportive parents ever, but financially, flight training just wasn't a reality for us. And we're talking about flight training. Now you want to go fly around the world. So that's kind of how this conversation went, was I brought it up after Sun and Fun 2019. Yeah, 20, Sun and Fun 2019. It was just the middle of the week, normal day. Everyone's kind of tired. And I just casually bring it up at dinner. Hey, mom, dad. I want to go fly around the world. You, you remember Matt. You met Matt. And, and I talked about a few other people. And I was like, this is something I could do. Now, I didn't just go in there saying I wanted to fly around the world. I had done my research up at that point to prepare for this because obviously I have to convince my parents to go let me let me go fly around the world, which is <laughs> not an easy thing to do. So I had a plan and, and there were still a lot of details to be worked out, but I wanted to show them that I was serious about this and I understood what it was going to take to make this happen. They said, basically, okay, go get an airplane, go get funding, and then we'll talk. And then I went and I got an airplane and I went and I got funding. And now they're like, oh, this is actually going to happen. And so um, <laughs> it's, it's, they have been incredible throughout the entire process, though. They've been beyond supportive uh, in uh, just everything that I've always done and wanted to do and all my crazy ideas. And this uh, is certainly included in that. We all just watched the movie October Sky uh, the other the other night. Mm, yes. And- and, mm. and there's a scene when Homer Hickam is kind of just watched Sputnik fly over, and then they're all sitting around having breakfast at the at the table, and everybody's kind of bantering. And, and Homer interjects. He goes with a, with a big old grin on his face. He interjects, "I'm going to build a rocket," and everybody just kind of goes <laughs> silent and stops. And it's like, "All right, son, just don't blow yourself up," you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so exactly. I can only imagine like. I'm going to fly around the world, and, yeah, and your parents it, are kind of like, well, I, I, we, we've tried telling them no before, but that didn't work. So, <laughs> And so, like, here, here's the thing about it, you know, the idea of flying around the world, it is this crazy idea. It's this massive project, and there are so many things that go into making it happen. And the way that I tackled it, really, and the way that I approached it, beyond just the safety and the training and understanding it, is here is, here is really the list of problems that need to be solved, right? And I created a very in-depth project outline, really, and, and just worked through everything as, as, I, as I went. And, and for me, this is not just a goal of mine. This is something I am incredibly passionate about, flying, travel, adventure. And, and like I said, it's just what I love doing. It's the, the, these sorts of things. And so I'm so excited to even just be at this point to be able to announce this publicly and, and really bring people along for the adventure. That's a whole nother thing, actually, that we haven't talked about. On top of everything else with the education mission and the trip itself, 
I'll be bringing everyone on social media along for the entire adventure, not just the trip, but the entire training process as well. So sharing the adventure with everyone on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok now, because that's a thing, apparently. I'm trying to learn TikTok. It's a thing. Um, it's a thing. It's a thing. So I'm adjusting to that. But um, I'll basically be sharing flight vlogs, behind-the-scenes content, talking about all of the many many logistics that go into making this sort of trip happen. I will talk everything from the actual flying and the things that we've kind of hit on to dealing with the paperwork and trying to avoid $1,600 landing fees, things like that. And so uh, if you are interested, you can go subscribe over on YouTube and follow the entire adventure. Like I said, that's another really exciting thing for me is to get to bring you all along for this because I, to me, flying around the world is one of the most unique and interesting things you can do in general aviation. We're really taking it outside the traffic pattern and and pushing general aviation to its limits and and seeing you know we all talk about how ga makes the world accessible but this is actually ga making the world accessible and i couldn't be more excited to bring uh, everyone along for it well i was going to ask how people can follow uh sounds like it's going to be all those social channels um is there going to be a website or something that people can follow to track progress of all this stuff Absolutely. So uh, all the social channels, it's uh, it's all uh, under my name. So just youtube.com slash Trevor Simino, at Trevor Simino on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok as well. Actually, TikTok is at Trevor the Pilot. Um, it was it was a whole username issue with TikTok. So at Trevor the Pilot on TikTok, uh, if you're interested in, in, in going and following me over on TikTok. But um, anyway. I'm following you now on TikTok. Also, <laughs> there's also... Um, there is also a website, flyinfinitehorizons.org, that you can go check out. You can uh, We can get into all the details on that, uh, learn more about the mission, about the trip, about the training, more flight details. Uh, you, you'll, you will be able to track the trip as well uh, when uh, it gets going, and so you'll be able to follow along. Uh, you can meet the entire team. It's, it really is just this incredible team of people that I, I actually really encourage you to go check out the website and check out the team and just see everyone involved with this project. So many wonderful uh, people in GA, so uh, definitely go check out flyinfinitehorizons.org. One of the things that we always try to ask our guests that, that are in here what about their logbook memories about what they learned, um, what they would do again, things like that. We discussed that with some of your flights just a little while yes, ago. Yes, we did. But for this, what do you hope to – I mean, what's the one thing that you're hoping you gain out of this? I think is a little bit we'll – do, we'll do a little bit uh, pre-flight here. Sure. What are you looking forward <laughs> to the most? Sure. I mean, so – I have already learned so much just getting up to this point about preparing for a trip like this and the training that it is going to take and then actually getting that training rolling. For the actual trip itself, one of the things that I am most looking forward to is experiencing all of these different cultures and being the person who flies Mm -hmm. the airplane there to get to experience that. My favorite thing in the world is radio communications. I love working with air traffic control. And while it is certainly going to be a challenge um, communicating with uh, control centers all around the world, it's something that I am extremely looking forward to. And and to me, it's just the perfect uh, combination of challenge and adventure. And so I'm definitely mostly in terms of, you know, flights that I, I'm really excited about, that I'm dreading. I'm really looking forward to flying into Africa, making a stop in Cairo, Egypt. I just think that's going to be 
really oh, wow. just a once in a lifetime experience flying into Cairo, flying over India, and then uh, into Thailand as well. Bangkok, Thailand is on the list. You can see the entire route over on the website, but those are definitely some of the highlights that I'm looking forward to. And then some of the other challenges that um, I discussed earlier, the Pacific crossing, flying from Honolulu to California, flying up into Greenland, into Iceland, just I've done a lot of traveling inside of the U.S., uh, flying flying and driving, road trips, all sorts of things, all locally. Uh, I've only actually been outside of the country twice, and so never to Europe. I'm really looking forward to that. Super excited about all the food. I am uh, 100% a foodie. <laughs> I can hardly wait to try food all around the world. Uh, really looking forward to that as well. So that's just the, the caveat to everything. But yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Interesting. <laughs> So I, I know this is a solo flight, but which leg do I get to join you on? Oh, well, you need, you need to come on one of the training trips with me, man. Uh, like I said, I'll be doing nothing but pretty much flying, preparing for this trip. So I'll be flying all over the U.S. Like I said, I have the coast-to-coast trip planned. Uh, I'll be flying, doing a trip up the East Coast, up to New York City and back. Uh, a couple of stuff out west that I'm thinking about doing down maybe to uh, to Key West and just all over Florida. So we'll definitely go flying in the 210 soon, for sure. I'm all in for that. I am Absolutely. so all in for that. Absolutely. It's an incredible airplane. I, I, I love it. I flew it for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago and just fell in love with it. It is definitely going to be the best airplane to fly around the world in. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's one of my favorites, by the way. Ah, yes. I I fell in love with it. Like I said, uh, such a, just truly such a fantastic airplane. And it's one of those things... Again, one of the unique challenges that this trip has to offer is the airplane really does require a certain set of parameters, not just in performance, but in space and size. And when you're flying for a seven, eight, nine, ten hour legs, you know, multiple legs, you're going to need some space to stretch out. You're going to uh, just, you know, the human factors uh, element of this trip is super important. And, and just being awake and being on it for eight, nine hour legs is critical. And that's part of the training I'll be doing really as well as flight time endurance training and, and getting used to being in the cockpit. And, and so that's one of the unique parameters that goes with this trip. Also being able to install a ferry fuel tank. So as you know, the 210 is a six-seater airplane, so actually getting the back two seats removed and getting the fuel tank fit and dealing with weight and balance and all those sorts of things. And it's the perfect airplane for all of those all of those things. Um, I, I'm going to ask a question that doesn't really have an answer, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Like, at the end of this, how do you... What's next? Like, how do you top that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... And that, that was the, the – a lot of people asked me that with, with Chartered All as well too, like what's next? And then I went up and came – and then I went and came up with flying around the world. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got some ideas. I've got some plans, some, some something that I would – something in particular that I'd really like to do with, uh, with some things after this trip. We'll see what happens. Yeah, like don't I think said, too much about that right yeah, now. Focus exactly. Like on I this. said, my, my focus is preparing to make this – successful and safe and bring everyone along for it and then we'll see what it what happens after that we'll see well i have no idea what opportunities may come up or what uh what the next crazy idea i come up with is. <laughs> well cool hopefully by the time um well hopefully the, the people who download this episode right away uh, are rooting you on for your check ride and those who get it a day or two later uh are, are 
congratulating you for passing your pi- private pilot check ride. Absolutely, um, thank you. I, I'd hope to do it on my birthday. Unfortunately, uh, just weather and some scheduling logistics didn't work out. So, um, just doing it a, a little bit later, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. It, you know, you know what happens is you're going to be a private pilot anyway. And exactly, exactly, soon, so. and you're too soon. From what I'm I hear, hoping. I'm absolutely. Hoping. So, so, and I, I also just want to take a second here, and and I, I don't know if you're if we were going to get into it, but I just want to take a, a second and talk about kind of the elephant in the room with all of this, and that is coronavirus, um, COVID nineteen, and obviously this is something that has undoubtedly changed all of our lives in so many sure. unexpected ways, and that certainly rings true for this trip. Um, the March 2021 departure day and all the other dates that I mentioned before are extremely tentative, and I want people to know that. And since the beginning, I've planned to depart in March of 2021, but the reality is is that no one knows what March of next year is going to look like, and it very well may not be safe to go fly around the world when that time rolls around. And I, of course, have plans B, C, and D, and so on, and lots of different departure dates and, and things like that, and so I'll keep everyone in the loop on that, but... I also want to just make it clear that if I do have to delay it long enough so that I don't beat the current world record, so be it. You know, there are far more important problems in this world than that, uh, especially right now. And like I said, my real motivation for this trip is inspiring students and anyone uh, of any age to go out and make their dreams happen. So um, that's kind of what the that's the COVID-19 aspect to this trip. I'm working on actually getting an epidemiologist on board the team uh, to advise on all of those sorts of things. Spectacular. I'm really glad that that's your focus because, um, you know, this is this this fight flight isn't without risk. And so adding the, the, the pressure of trying to set a world record adds a substantial amount of of unintentional risk. And so, exactly. you know, you're just out there to inspire the world and you can do that at, you know, at, at 17 or you can do that at 35. So I'm exactly. super excited for that. So exactly. You know, from the beginning, the world record was, Hey, I'm set up in a position where I could definitely try and do this. I'm going to give it my all and see what happens, but it's not the deciding factor for anything, you know, and, and it shouldn't be. And, and that's one of the, the key aspects of this trip. I mean, there are a lot of key aspects, but that, the aeronautical decision-making process for the, for something like this is so far beyond what you learn as a private pilot. It's something that I've been already learning and, and talking to former around-the-world pilots. Everything with dealing from not having radar, um, flying over India and, and, and across the Pacific, to choosing when to say no, choosing when to say, you know what, I'm not going to go fly eight hours today because... I just flew seven hours yesterday. I need an extra day of rest. And even if I have this deadline to meet, even if I'm trying to make some speed record or some world record, or I'm barely cutting it by by a week. It's not worth it. It's not that important. It really isn't. And so that's the my, my mindset with all of this is safety. I have the people there to check me when I need to be checked and, and keep me on track. But it's something that I am pouring my heart and soul into, making sure that everything about this is done safely and the right way. Because... Unfortunately, there are some wrong ways to do this. There are a lot of decisions that you can make on a trip like this that will lead to failure. And unfortunately, that's just the sad reality of flying around the world. And so I am really focusing on not letting that be the case for Fly Infinite Horizons. 
Well, good stuff, man. I'm super excited. The audience is excited. And, um, I just I can't wait to follow you through this. Um, so oh, we'll be I paying attention either. to that website. I guess it's gonna you know go active on the day of the announcement. Yep, it, it'll be it'll be live on July 21st, which should I believe that's today. That's the day that we're releasing that's, this. That's so. the day we're releasing yes, this. Yes, yep. yes, it'll be live there. Go definitely subscribe on YouTube and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook, uh, everything there. I'll be posting a lot of just basically daily updates and and all sorts of cool behind the scenes content like i said it's not just the trip but i have some really cool plans for the training that i'll be doing to bring you guys along for and it's all through the perspective of preparing to go fly around the world which isn't exactly something you get to experience every single day so hopefully people enjoy following along with it i'm definitely looking forward to sharing it with people what do you think, Mike? We need to do a uh, an episode of Logbook Memories from yeah, I, the cockpit of one of these training uh, flights. I think go. so. Oh, there you go. I'm thinking. I'll definitely be doing some some Q and A stuff uh, for sure. I mean, um, with the announcement, you know, I posted uh, today uh, on the 21st on YouTube the announcement video, but the announcement video really just kind of addresses the tip of the iceberg i mean there are so many details that go into a project like this and even now i'm sure everyone listening has questions about this and so uh, in a few weeks i'll be releasing an in-depth q a video on youtube really getting into the details admittedly i am probably going to get super nerdy with this um with this q a video uh getting into details about weight and balance and and airspace around the world and oceanic crossings and all those sorts of things so uh but if you want to learn as much as you basically can about those sorts of things uh definitely tune into the q a videos and i'll be doing those throughout the entire process so we'll be we'll be getting in depth with that i do think that we may need to get some passes to uh send you off from uh the shuttle landing facility Absolutely, absolutely, and that's actually a, a part that we didn't even get to address. Like I said, there's just so much to talk about with this uh, with this project. <laughs> sure. But um, the reason that I'm departing from the shuttle landing facility is the organization that I'm raising awareness for with this trip is the Astronauts Memorial Foundation, and what they do, the AMF, is they work to honor the legacy of our fallen astronauts, and they do that by supporting the Center for Space Education. And what the Center for Space Education does is STEM outreach throughout the state of Florida. And so I'm taking that mission global and using that same curriculum, uh, incorporating some of AOPA's high school STEM curriculum as well, uh, and taking that global. So that's where the whole space shuttle landing facility thing ties in. It's also really kind of full circle for me because as uh, some of you may know, my past for aviation actually started with the space shuttle program. And growing up in Orlando and having that in my backyard, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a space shuttle astronaut. So it's just, it's it's cool to me it's kind of like the, the the geeks in me coming out like oh wow i get to depart from the space shuttle landing facility that's just too cool um and it's just full circle hey just so you know man you're still young enough you can still be a crew dragon uh, astronaut so Abs- you know absolutely when i when i found <laughs> ga it was it was basically at that point in time elon musk wasn't really around there weren't a lot of opportunities for uh manned space travel at least in the near future and, and a lot of the astronauts that i really looked up to as 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 heroes and and people that i wanted to be like they all a lot of them started in general aviation they had their private pilot certificate they they learned how to fly and that's how i found and discovered the world of general aviation so uh absolutely now i mean we're living in an incredible time with space exploration. I'm super excited to see where that goes. Definitely not ruling uh, that out as an option either. So who knows? There who you knows go. Happen. That's good. <laughs> That's could be the next step then after around the world. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> trip into the, a trip to the space station. 
hey, that's easy after an around the world fly, right? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. talking 26,000 miles versus yeah. only, what, 180, 160, right. something like that. Exactly, so, exactly. You don't have to awesome. worry about mountain flying or any of that stuff. I know, that's like right. ocean and crossing, <laughs> nothing like that now. <laughs> Across an ocean in about 15 minutes. Yeah, pretty much, right? I'll take 15 <laughs> minutes over 14 hours any that's day. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure. Trevor, thank you so much for sharing this with us and letting us be a part of it and letting us be a part of the announcement. Um, this is this is really special for us. We've been watching you a long time, and man, we are we could not be more excited for you. And, and proud we are and so glad oh, that thank you the guys. people that have done this before are backing you. This is so cool. Absolutely. I mean, thank you guys so much for everything. You guys have been such a instrumental part in in my journey so far in aviation with Sunfun Radio and and, and everything. Uh, along with that so thank you guys and thanks for having me on this was a blast i really i loved recording our our previous episode and i'm I'm really glad that we can add this on uh to it so thank you guys again for that you're more than welcome man i can't wait for the next logbook memory entry from you for sure oh we'll we'll definitely do more we'll definitely do more soon there's gonna be a few how is he gonna pick one from the world trip (laughs) oh my gosh i know well and and it's funny because a lot of people keep asking me well well, what what leg are you most looking forward to or or what city are you most excited about and i don't really have an answer i'm excited about all of it and i talking to a lot of around the world pilots who, who have done this in the past people will ask them that and for most of them it wasn't the place they were expecting um for a, a, some of you may know who Bob Showalter is. He flew around the world mm-hmm. um, in a jet with some of his friends, and and their favorite stop was Karachi, Pakistan, and that's a place that I'm stopping. And it was this incredibly unique uh, place in the world that they weren't really sure what to expect, but it was their favorite stop. The people were incredible. the The atmosphere, just everything about it, was really unique and really special. And so. That's what I'm looking forward to is after this trip is done, just reflecting on, wow, this is the place that I wasn't so sure about. I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I'm excited, but I have no idea what to expect. Those are the kinds of memories that I just can hardly wait to make. My wife and I will go on trips and, you know, we'll just get in the car and drive somewhere. And it's like, let's go on an adventure. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. our, that's kind of our, you know, our battle cry. Let's go on an adventure. And man, you are going to go on an adventure and that is super cool so bravo well, thank man you. thank Get you thank it. you i'm i'm that. i'm so beyond excited that this is even at this point now and i've been able to get it this far it's been truly something i've been pouring my heart and soul into for the last year and a half and i can hardly wait to see uh where it goes All right. All the links to all of Trevor's social profiles will be in the show notes. Uh, Give him a follow. Give him uh, a a virtual high five. Uh, You know, (laughs) stay away because of the COVID. We don't need him getting the Rona while he's on this trip. Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) Subscribe to his YouTube channel uh, and and spread the word. Um, Spread the word. Check out that website, too. So there's going to be a lot of cool information coming at you very rapidly. Uh, so don't miss out. I've, I've, I've found out about a lot of world flights after they happened, and I, I, I'm, I'm super yeah. glad that I'm super aware of this one, and I can follow it in real time, and I encourage you, the audience, to do the same. Absolutely, man. And like, like I said, you know, it's a process. It is quite the process to, to make something like this happen, and, and that's why I couldn't be more excited to, to share it with everyone. So absolutely. Hopefully, people like it. Uh, uh, well, well, they will. I think they will. They're going to love it. They'll hopefully, love it, man. Ho- hopefully, I'm not too boring or, or, or nerdy. 
uh, nerd out, man. I love well, all when the it comes when stuff. it comes to airplanes. You know, I, I get that way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much again. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much, Trevor. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Laters. Thanks so much for listening to Logbook Memories. If you'd like to share a memory from your logbook, drop us an email to stories at logbookmemories.com. That's stories at logbookmemories.com. And since we are just starting out, it would mean the world to us if you left a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you really want to help us out, Maybe write a short review telling the world how awesome we are. Don't forget to share us with your friends. We'll catch you on the next episode of Logbook Memories.